Hey everyone, it's Danny. We really appreciate your patience while we've been on break and we do have a brand new episode for you coming right up. But before we get started, we wanted to thank our new patron, Mihail. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but thank you so much for your support. Also, thank you to all our amazing patrons who have continued to support us while we haven't even been putting anything out. You all rule, Leggett's Crests of Valor and Carrington Awards all around. And now, Season 2, Episode 1 of Mamory Alpha. I sound cheesy as all fuck. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, back. welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I have my <laughs> smile on so big. I I am your game master and we'll go around the table and just sort of reintroduce everyone because it's been a minute um, and because also it helps me remember who the hell is who. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go for around the circle, left to right. <laughs> if we started at Susie, then, and we went left, I think Minnesota goes next. Yep. I'm like a mile and a half north of Heather. Does that make me first or Heather? You. <laughs> You're talking. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. My name is Dee Dee. I play Poza Isael, the amazing, wonderful, most delightful Bajoran you will ever meet delightful. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who are you describing? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Heather. I play Loxus Aga, the um, you know, skeet in your face. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that too much? Was that too far? It's very Lox. I've already had a couple beers. Yeah, uh, I'm a Klingon. Doesn't like to play by anybody's rules. And uh, yeah. Oh, so one of our listeners in the face group I think earlier today asked if you wore a sash and we we were talking about this and you probably don't wear any sort of house related items because they turned their back on you, right? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm I'm rogue. Hella rogue. I wouldn't be wearing any sashes. I wouldn't I wouldn't out of respect anyway, because I like that's not me. You did go to managerial finish school, like finishing school. I did. Yeah. No, I've got, well, I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got respect for the culture, even if I d- disagree with it and I don't want to be a part of it, you know, like I'm not going to shit on their parade. I don't care that much. Penny was just really worried that it would cover your boobs. And that's why that was like the one thing on Penny's mind. Unflattering. Right. Yeah. Unflattering as fuck. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these outfits are already a bit stuffy. <laughs> thank you, though. Thank you for asking. The fans wanted to know. All right. So, Ashley. Yeah, because I am I'm next. Arizona, cool. Um, it's hot as fuck here, by the way. Um, so I'm Ashley. I play Penelope T. Vulcan. The T stands for the, not Tiberius. <laughs> and uh, she's a different kind of Vulcan. She's not a traditional type of Vulcan. She's um, embraced emotion and experiencing all the things and living her best life. And like Lisa Frank and crystals and 90s earth culture. 
She's, I think, was described in the chat earlier as the most extra character on the show. Ancient. Ancient Earth, earth culture. 19... 1990s, I should say. Ancient 1990s Earth culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm Danny. I'm in Portland, and I play Savia Chakel, the Enar engineer. Uh, well, like not the chief one, but like I'm an engineer. And I have telepathy, and I'm blind, but I can still see stuff because of my telepathy. <laughs> and uh, I like to do scans and shit. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> you will scan the shit out of some you shit. scanning all day long, girl. <laughs> Someone's got to. <laughs> Uh, you're all a motley crew on the USS Komodo, a ship that is not treated with a lot of respect by Starfleet, gets a lot of sort of grunt work. Uh, everybody on the ship mm, seems to have some sort of black mark on their record, but is still useful enough to actually uh, to actually be on a ship rather than just be assigned to a space station or some boring base on a planet or something like that. So we got some chops. Yeah. Sit behind some space desk, wasting my career away. No way. Not Mm-mm. you gals. I ain't pushing no pencils. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, your captain is a, well, as you learned, is actually a Romulan, not a Vulcan. Captain dun, dun, Takav. Dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really, it was really funny to go back and listen to some of the older episodes because there are times when I thought you guys were going to be on to the ruse times where Penny and Poza both were like, man, the captain's acting really weird. What is up with her? But there were some times where I thought you were going to go down that rabbit hole and start digging into Takao's past, but she never did. So Penny's just really easily distracted. I'm like, well, this is really weird. I should look into it. And then she's like, oh, look. Squirrel. And then I show you my nipple through my uniform. <laughs> and it's gone. I, like poke my boob. So I'm like, it's yeah. gone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, yeah, I guess we should mention, this is the first episode of season two. We did it. We recorded like 20 something episodes of season one. You guys, you know, figured out who the hell your characters are. You had sort of a psychological horror. You know, you helped. Well, you actually went through a fucking time space anomaly and ended up in a different version of the universe. That wasn't a dream. That actually happened? (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. You wake up. It was a dream the whole time. You're in a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a Christmas tree ornament on Captain Picard's tree in the next <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so that is still true. You guys haven't, you know, there was a lot going on. You cured your uh, time sickness, essentially. You got your chromaton mm-hmm. particles back under control. I have a question. Does that mean that um, Shaquille's, uh discrepancy here? in this universe is fixties or are you still have problems with the Tecmo? Good question. And I'm glad you brought it up because actually Danny, you and I did talk about, yeah. um, you were worried that that was going to be a thing that continued, but. Oh, I had a narrative idea for how that could be fixed. That, um, that was going to also, I, we talked about it before, but you might not remember that was going to also explain my like new trait. Oh, sure. Yeah. So bef- don't go into that yet, but we'll get into that. Um, that's Thank you. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we can talk about how that works for you, Danny. We'll do these vignettes to show how you've grown. And also we're switching to yet another gaming system. Hooray! <laughs> Fate, Fate was a big step up from trying to play uh, D20 Modern 3.5. 
because all you guys did was scan. There wasn't like a lot of narrative opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys have no problem making narrative opportunities. That's (laughs) obviously like one of your strongest suits as a gaming group is you're really easy to GM for. You're really easy to write for. And you have huge imaginations. Uh, Not a lot of groups are like that. So I love it. Um, Yeah. So fate was really for a lot of gaming groups. Fate is sort of um is a system to help people who are maybe a little narrative adverse to be more narrative. The whole thing about fate points is to encourage people to come up with reasons for why they're doing things differently. You guys don't need any help. <laughs> you guys never use your fate points. Like it was <laughs> half of, half of the system we never even used. And then when we did use it, I was like, how the fuck does this work? Because I forgot because we used it once every four episodes. So we're actually going to change to a system called Tiny D6. This is a system that Danny actually found. Uh, how did you find out about this system, Danny? It, it was actually on a Full Metal RPG. One of the oh, nice. episodes of Full Metal RPG, they had a guest on who was talking about um, playing Tiny Dungeons and mm-hmm. wanting to get into Tiny Frontiers. And so when I heard about Tiny Frontiers, I was like, wait a minute now. That sounds like something Relevant. I'm interested in. So I... So I got it. I nabbed it online. And then mm-hmm. as we were talking about it, it seemed like it would fit for Mamre Alpha. I was just thinking of it for myself personally, but it worked out for this. <laughs> yeah. We're not, I mean, who knows? We may change rule systems again. It's not like, this is not like the Adventure Zone where I'm like, you know, let's just try all the gaming systems in the world because it's fun. Like, no, literally <laughs> it's just us trying gaming systems because the one we were using before doesn't really fit the way we play games well. So we'll try this one out. It's pretty bare bones. I'll run you through the rules real quick, you know, for your sake and for the listener's sake. Um, really fast. Can I interject yeah. real quick? Okay. Yeah. One, um, first of all, Tiny Dungeons sounds adorable. And right. I <laughs> want a collection of Tiny Dungeons now. I don't know if it's even a thing, but I want one. Um, second, you mentioned we have really good imaginations. And I would just like to put out there, I, Ashley, have never done Space Acid or Earth Acid. <laughs> Because um, my my mom listens to the podcast, and I'm, just, <laughs> and I'm glad she loves it, and she knows what my imagination is like because she raised me and all. But I just want to make very clear, I, Ashley, have never done space acid or... She's a good, good girl. Yes. Good, good girl. I hear no mention of space coke, though. <laughs> I, I have never done space acid or earth acid. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I want Ashley's mom to know that I have done space acid. Sharon, we do not do space acid while we play this game. That's it. That's what I'll say. While we play this game. That's all. I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice asterisk there. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So tiny D6. Here are the basic rules. We're going to use our fate dice. You don't have to get new dice. Normally you use D6s and really you only need three. And normally when you try to do something, it's called a test. You roll two dice. If you're using regular D6s, of the two dice you roll, if either of them come up five or six, you succeed. That's It's just that easy. So in our case, if either dice you roll comes up as a plus, you succeed. Like if a minus comes up, you just ignore it. You're only looking for pluses. All it takes is one. Say that one more time. If you're trying to like... Do basically anything for like D&D, you'd roll a skill check, right? You're like, oh, I want to investigate. I want to um, try to pick this lock. I want to do a sweet flip. (laughs) It's called a test and you would roll two dice. 
Just two. Just two. And if either of those dice come up as a plus, you succeed. It doesn't matter what the other dice is. If they're both pluses, you succeed. If one's a plus and one's a negative, it doesn't matter. You, just as long as you have a plus, yep. you're you're good. Yep. And then with if you're using regular D6, one, two, three, four, five, six, in that case, if it says five or six on either right. dice, you succeed. Now, sometimes you have either because of the situation, I say you have advantage, or your trait or skill on your character sheet says you have advantage, you get to roll three dice. And if any of those three dice come up as a plus or five or six, you succeed. So that's how powerful advantages are. Oh, yes. That's an advantage. Yeah. Sometimes I say you have disadvantage or you might impose a disadvantage on yourself because your trait says you... (laughs) Did you hear that back there? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're having a LAN party... There's a wall between me and them, so mm. so there might be some leakage, but yeah, they're having a good time <laughs> back good there. Time. They're hacking the planet in that room. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> Hell yeah, they are. Um, so disadvantages, you only roll one dice. That's it. One oh, die. Yeah. That's basically it. Um, every attack you do in combat, if you succeed on rolling your attack, and that's just you roll two dice, unless you're character sheet tells you otherwise you always do one point of damage if you succeed and likewise if i guys if i attack you with a monster and they succeed they only do one point of damage in combat you only get two actions everything you could basically imagine under the sun basically counts as an action there are some special actions in combat when we get to combat we can go over those they're really easy um and locks you have a you have a special thing for your combat where if you use improvised weapons you can take three actions. So flashing would also be an action. It would be an talking. action. <laughs> Do you have to roll to flash? She's trying to be charismatic, yes. But if she's just flashing, nah, it'll be an action. <laughs> I'm fl- if I'm just flipping out a titty, yeah. <laughs> you can always flash, but their reaction to it, I guess, is what you would roll for. Right? Does right. it daze them beyond reason yeah. to see? <laughs> exactly. <it is? laughs> Exactly. Do they do they do they push their sunglasses down and do a double take? Uh-huh. Oh my god, yes, like very far down. <laughs> well that's and that's basically it. Those are the rules. It's very sweet. We get to keep the same character sheets? Yeah. Oh no. So actually I Oh fuck. Oh Heather. <laughs> but your character sheets are now appropriately tiny. So everyone's character sheet is in the same document. Heather, because you're a Klingon, everyone has six hit points, but we gave you seven. Ooh, girl. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm beefy. That's right. So, and everyone has weapons that they're proficient with. And then everyone has weapons that they are have mastery with. All of you are have mastered Starfleet types one and two phasers, the key fob and the dustbuster. Mm-hmm. So that means when you're fighting with the key fob or dustbuster, you'll roll three dice just because you're you've mastered those weapons. But if you're using like a Ferengi phaser or a Romulan blaster or anything like that, or if you're using uh, the rifle, you'll just roll two d six when attacking. Okay. And since everything only does one point of damage, no matter what, I guess right. there's no real reason to ever use a phaser rifle if we can help it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is like you reach out and grab something that's nearby. It happens yeah. to be a rifle or something. Right. Wait, so what are the D6 about then if it's just doing one point of damage if you just succeed? To, just to see if you succeed. Yep, yeah. exactly. It's like rolling a D20. 
Also, Loxus, just to tell you, you are also, everyone has a racial trait, which is um, something I wanted to give everyone a unique trait that was specific to their race. So Penny, Mm -hmm. some of these are a lot like what you had in your fate character sheets. Mm -hmm. Penny, yours is like an open book. Every time you're hit by an enemy, you roll one, die, and if you're successful, you evade and take no damage. Um, That's just because you're sort of tuned into everyone's chakras and you're always sort of reading mm-hmm. everything you got your crystals kind of mm-hmm. like in each hand and you know you can kind of not really see the future but you're just good at reading everyone's movement well i can see auras and if yes. i see your aura is looking shady i'm gonna yeah. keep an eye on you a- exactly yeah and vulcans are like physically more proficient than yeah. than a lot of races you know like mm-hmm. when they play baseball against the people on ds9 <laughs> and they don't stand a chance death to the opposition yeah they're like superhuman yeah. to be yeah. a little racist but yeah posa bajoran yes. as since you're a bajoran you're jaded um anytime anyone tries to persuade influence manipulate through appeals to your emotions or feelings they suffer a disadvantage so if they're trying to like hook into your emotions and make you feel like oh wouldn't it be too bad if we went back to bajor and you know hurt your parents yeah they'll always roll at a disadvantage against you or like how many lights are there Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. There's none, bitch. Shut the fuck up. It's got to hook into, it's got, they have to be trying to appeal to your emotions or feelings because you're like, nope, been through too much, bitches. Like, yeah. no way. Yeah. Loxus, you're a master of warfare. That oh, yeah. means that when you, you have mastered the Batleth and anytime you use a Batleth to attack, you get advantage. You roll three dice. Cool. That's your flavor. Your flavor is Batleth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shakel, you're third eye blind. Boo. <laughs> you are able to see see 30 feet around you thanks to your psionic abilities. Um, and you, 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 so you basically can sense everything 30 feet around you. And it obviously doesn't matter if it's light, dark, dim, whatever the light level is, doesn't fucking matter. Right. So you're always just, and this is, you know, we're always like, oh, Whatever. You're blind. How do you... Whatever. This is the answer to that. <laughs> you can see. And and this will come in handy if the lights go out. You can still see. So... Yeah. I might be blind, but I technically see better than all y'alls. <laughs> That's right. You see sort of in like... like you know how Jordy sees? It's like a lot of information. <laughs> you yeah. see like... You see in information and sensories that don't make sense to anyone else, but it's your ver- vision of seeing, right? Your yeah. version of seeing. And still tell if a dude is hot. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> you can still figure out how juicy a dude's butt is. So. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> all butts within 30 feet of you. You can tell how juicy they are. So, and this is the way we'll handle this going forward. Between seasons, you'll be able to get a new trait. Everyone can have seven traits, not including your racial trait. You'll have one, two, three, four right now. After three more seasons, you'll have your maximum number of traits. I'll say um, at the start of every season, you can choose a new trait. And also, if you want to swap a trait out, you can. Because sometimes, you know, playing a character, you realize, okay, this is not... I don't use this. Exactly. So at the start of every season, we'll say you can swap a trait, and then you can add a trait. Uh, There's one rule for Tiny D6 I'm going to forego, because it'll make you guys way OP. Mostly because we're using Fate Dice and not normal D6s. Also, every time I try to make hard characters, you guys just cream them. 
So this is a rule I'm omitting to make easier on me for battles. <laughs> um, there's normally a focus rule, and we're not going to use that. So if you're ever looking at tiny D6 stuff, we're not going to do focus in attacks. Um, that it, that just won't be an option. So don't even worry about it. Don't even ask about what it is. Don't even hesitate. Don't even worry. And don't even... All right, I'm bored. If you see it in any character trait um, descriptions... Or if you're ever looking through the rule Forget manual. Forget about it. Just exactly. Forget about it. Does not apply. You don't have to worry about us looking through the rules manual. Really. <laughs> well, I know I know you're gonna I know you're gonna look through it, right? Because you're gonna try to run a game later right. with Me your crew, only, so. but nobody yeah. else. <laughs> so that's I guess that's Tiny D6 on nutshell. Who is ready to do their first vignette? I will let the listeners know. I actually don't know much about these vignettes. I know a little bit about poses. So this is going to be improv on everyone's behalf. Yep, because I only have a vague idea. (laughs) Unlike what we normally do, which is heavily scripted and not at all improv. (laughs) One of my friends that listens actually asked if this was scripted. And I was like, no, not at all. How could we? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Not even a little. Yeah, I have a prep sheet usually. That you might as well light on fire at the beginning of every session. (laughs) Yeah, this session I don't even have a prep sheet. I have nothing. Um, So I'm just going to go with the flow. So yeah, who wants to go first? I mean, I will. Yeah, go mm-hmm. Posa. As <laughs> I one, two, three, not it. Okay. <laughs> All right, Posa. So this doesn't this trait doesn't necessarily go with I think the vignette you and I were talking about, mm. but it does go with sort of the Riza storyline. You at the beginning of season two, you chose ecologist, yep. which says you gain advantage when attempting to find your way through natural environments and when att- attempting to identify dangerous alien creatures. Yeah. So you did a lot of good botany on Riza. I think that made you want to come back probably and study more. But it sounds like that there was a part of your personal growth that maybe Posa wasn't quite happy with and you wanted to get better at. What was that? Yeah, I. Uh, we haven't been in a lot of face-to-face sort of combat, so to speak, until we were really with the biplasians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, I really realized how terrified I was of actually fighting other, you know, alien beings, other bipedals, other humanoids, all that kind of stuff. I just kind of shut down. So uh, I realized that. And after, you know, having some downtime and lots of time sort of in this what I still feel like is just like a super other world and it's not me. So I almost feel like I should change myself a little bit because it's, you know, almost like a fresh start sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to not be a big baby when it comes to the possibility of combat. So how would, how would Posa handle that? Probably if I could do it, probably like, um, sort of holodeck scenarios, but I think that's at a premium. So I might actually, I I assume there's like, uh, you know, classes. I don't want to say kickboxing because that's probably something Penny would be doing just for funsies. Well, yeah, with my little holodeck Billy Blanks. I mean, hologram. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like uh, almost like um, going to the gym or something, Mm -hmm. you know, self-defense classes, things like that. Um, But I would probably also do a lot of actual reading on okay. the subject of building confidence and stuff like that. Oh, sure. So you're going to do like your seven day course 
on how to increase your confidence and you know how to make people take you seriously, whatnot, all those sort of those correspondence courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Starfleet has a number of them. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. So we'll say you spend your time. You know, after after the whole Takav reveals herself to be a Romulan thing, there's sort of a Starfleet shakeup. Um, the ship actually docks in a, uh, starbase. Takav's not in trouble because Starfleet already knows she's a Romulan. Um, but they're trying to put a bottle on it to make sure nobody else knows. They're just trying to, you know, make sure they're trying to isolate who the heck knows and how much they know. Sure. They know that you know, but she speaks highly of you. So, uh, you know, you each kind of have to go through a round of sitting with Starfleet admirals and say, yes, you know, sign some NDAs and say you won't reveal <laughs> Takov's true entity and that you won't say anything about her sister having a degenerative disease. And I guess we never really resolved what happened to her her sister's Romulan ship. I would say that uh, because the um, Romulan ship actually opened fire on you and they were kind of pretty shady right they obviously lied they got into starfleet space and lied uh-huh. uh, uh, and then ended up getting in a battle with you um starfleet is going to keep Takav's sister's ship for now they've taken everyone off of it and they're sort of holding everyone yeah they're seeking asylum i guess we would say the people who want to are seeking asylum the people who don't want to seek asylum are you know, the federation the starfleet's in negotiations with the romulans to figure out how to exchange how to figure this out so that that doesn't concern any of you that's high that's high security clearance yeah high security yeah. clearance stuff it's above our pay grade yeah exactly that's admiral bullshit <laughs> but as a result you're all you all kind of have a week to kill uh, so you spend time flipping through books, Taekwondo and you, you know, how, <laughs> how to, you know, how to make, how, you know, how to gain friends and respect. Yeah. Things like that. You know, you go to a class, you know, maybe another Vulcan is teaching sort of self-defense or so not teaching, but sort of helping crew members stay fresh on their hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. So you go do that. Do you think Locks would have a a version of like Worf's Tai Chi class? Ooh, why not? Oh yeah, make everybody bend over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I would probably. I would probably be too almost like embarrassed to do to take Locks's class. Yeah, <laughs> like because because I really would need to learn something. It's not I'm trying to relax or I'm trying to have fun or something. It's like me trying to get my shit together. And I feel like if I'm... That's part of it. (laughs) But I feel like, one, if I'm with you, I'm not going to take it seriously enough. And two, I'll be distracted by you. So... Yeah, you will. Exactly. (laughs) That's also part of it. Penny can help you out by when she sees you in the hallway just, like, ambushing you. I think that would be helpful, and Penny is helpful. So just, like, come up and just, like, fucking slapbox you out of nowhere just to see. I just karate chop you. <laughs> Defend yourself. Yes. <laughs> what is that Tim and Eric skit? Uh... Last resort. Last resort. Last resort. You see that? Yeah, with Steve Brule. <laughs> just Penny's coming up behind you, screaming last resort and, like, karate chopping you. <laughs> Um, I think another part of it is I, I wouldn't really tell anybody that I was doing the things that I was doing. If I could keep it under wraps, 
I mean, obviously I'd be hanging out with everybody during this week, but you know, if they ask me what I've been doing, all I've been studying or whatever the hell, I'm not going to divulge much. I wouldn't anyway, really, but I'm definitely not going to do. Okay. I'm, I don't want them to know that I'm such a baby about it. Everyone else other than Posa, roll me a um, penny. Mm -hmm. Since you have meditative, Mm -hmm. um, you'll be able to use this. Uh, what is meditative? It's basically perceptive. 3d6 would test to gain you can, information. You can roll 3d6. Yep. Everyone mm-hmm. else roll 2d6. And let me know if anyone gets a success. I did. Penny. Okay. You just need one. Just need one. Right. Yep, I did. Shaq does not. Shaq did not. Okay. So Penny and Lox, you realize that like, when you're hanging out with Posa, you know, you go to what's the uh, gay bar on the ship? What deck? Deck? 13. 13 forward. Deck 13, 13 forward. forward. Yeah, okay. You go hang out at 13 forward, you know, at night, like you usually do after your shifts. And Lox and Penny realize, like, Posa's a little different. Like, she's not letting on something. You know, she's not... Posa's kind of weird anyway. <laughs> she's acting weird, but in a different kind of weird in way. In a different yeah. new weird way. Like, normally she doesn't tell you a lot anyway, but she seems even more reserved than normal about... You know, you kind of talk about what you did during the day. And every time Posa starts to talk about what she did during the day, she just sort of like, you get the feeling that she's not telling you as much or she's not telling you the whole truth. She's omitting stuff, right? Yeah. So that's what you know. Shaq doesn't notice because she never notices other people's feelings. <laughs> You're slamming ship drinks, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, she's caught up in her own shit. I got my own shit to think about. Yeah. So with that information, Penny and Loxus, mm-hmm. what do you do? I jump out at her in hallways and <laughs> <laughs> So do you actually start trailing her? Yeah, I would definitely to see what she's up to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't mind like I, I, I could see Penny and Loxus being like, Okay, all right, fine, fuck it, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> let's figure out what what's her problem. You're gonna start maybe like trailing her or like trying to like interrupt her at weird times of day to see what she's up to. They're gonna hardy boys this shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Alright. Like the book, not the wrestlers. So <laughs> Man, I'll do the wrestlers shit. <laughs> Jump off a ladder at her in I the got hallway. Some ladders. <laughs> You're going to do a combo Hardy Boys and Hardy Boys on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. The double Hardy Boys. Yes. Oh, boy. It'd be quadruple Hardy Boy. Um. <laughs> okay, so, Penny, do you want to... like a hamburger. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I'm okay. so hungry. So, Penny, what does that look like for you? Are you going to, like, trailer through the hallway? or Tell me what you want to do specifically. Yeah, I think that I would... Um figure out where she was going to be like I would kind of you know study where she was and when and show up and then just kind of be like so and try and ease it into conversation somehow and and just really play counselor with her and try and see if I can get her to open up a little bit I would probably be using my cunning linguist trait when I was doing it first roll me a a test so 2d6 Uh, let me use the one that I got a positive on one second (laughs) I succeeded. Okay, uh, Posa, uh-huh. also roll me 2d6. We're going to do a save to see if you, like, notice her catching on to you. Uh, I succeeded. Okay, so Penny's starting to get into your business, and you realize it, mm. so... But that's not all that different for Penny. Like, she would be <laughs> up in your shit anyway. It's true. <laughs> you know that Penny knows that you're hiding something. Yeah. So what do you do? 
if if I notice her following me to somewhere um, that I don't want her to follow me to, I would probably not go to the place that I wanted to go to, like not go to the class or something like that. Um, and can go somewhere really boring. I would probably go to like the wherever the plants are. Okay. <laughs> I would go and I would sit down and start like fucking poking at some plants and looking in a microscope and just like not talking to anybody and just looking at boring shit. So Penny shows up, you know, so we'll say Penny follows you, I assume, you know, since you're mm-hmm. onto her. What do you what do you say, Penny? You, do you see poses trying to shake you, right? Yeah. I do notice that. Um, so <laughs> I would go up to her and, you know, pull out her space headphones or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I would just be like, hey, Poza, what's going on? It's uh, it's crazy being back on the ship and it's like there's nothing going on, right? Like we just went through some shit, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's not, uh, not, not that much different than usual. You didn't really um, get to know us before, before we... I don't know, fucking ended up in a different universe or whatever the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm just trying to get back to uh, doing the shit I normally do. So try not to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. I mean, it's good if you try and confront it at some point, you know, like it's good to keep it in the back of your mind. So at some point, maybe you can think about it. But I get wanting to not. Um, so I've noticed you're muscly now. <laughs> just out with it. <laughs> Squeeze her arm. What's this? You kind of like, kind of touch your arm a little bit. Yeah, like, oh. give a little bicep squeeze there. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm just. I'm noticing you look good. You look like you're physically, you know, exercising, which is something people do to get their mind off things. So you've been hitting the space gym. I created a new kind of protein. That's all. A plant protein that would be really good for other Vulcans and stuff like that. The well, anyone in Starfleet really, without eating the meat, the new type of protein that has side plants. effects. Like what? <laughs> like people to fuck off. <laughs> oh, so it makes you angry. That's like uh, steroids back in on Earth. You know, like that was a really ancient big thing Earth? in ancient Earth. Yeah, and they, they I remember that would make people really angry too. I put I put my headphones back in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but what of the butt acne? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, well, so we'll say Posa is going to successfully do her training regiment and reading on how to bolster her confidence, and she's going to do it, She's her secret's going to remain safe, and she's just going to sort of do it around, behind everyone's backs. Y'all know something's different. You see, she's a little bit more swole, but uh, <laughs> you never really catch her in the act. She does a good job of making it pretty secret. All right, so we'll we'll say... Good job, Poza. You uh, <laughs> kick <her> ass. <laughs> you you kick ass in private. Yeah. Mm. We just think you're taking steroids. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> no biggie. Penny reports back. <laughs> Penny's gonna go back to Locks and be like, "Okay, so <laughs> she's on steroids." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's angry. She's muscly. I mean. <laughs> well, we'll take this chance to lead into uh, Penny's. Mm. I brought this on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Penny, what have you been doing for the last week or so since, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Posa really probably didn't get too swole during the last week, no. but, uh, <laughs> you know how space exercise works. That's true. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing a different type of exercising. I've been meditating a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, as the kids say, am way shook. 
about um, the fact that Takov is not Vulcan. I feel like as a Vulcan, I should have seen that. I should have right. known it. Like I could sense something was off, but I should have known that she was not Vulcan. And I did not. And so that is really um, awakening something mm-hmm. within me that I need to get not totally back to my Vulcan roots, but it's helping me see how far away from it I've actually gotten. Sure. Um, I've been doing a lot of meditating and yoga and things like that to just just try and get my my Vulcan chakras and shit aligned instead of just, you know, the regular chakras. <laughs> so it sounds like you've sort of set a new schedule for yourself, maybe mm-hmm. some daily reminders. You're trying to keep yourself mm-hmm. on schedule with your meditation habits. I absolutely have. Yes. Is there something new about your routine that helps you keep track of all of these intense meditations that you're doing? Why, yes, actually. (laughs) A bullet journal. A bullet journal was really big in ancient Earth. Uh, No, actually, it's uh, another kind of ancient Earth thing. Siri, you may have heard of her. Um, But instead, I have uh, Ghost in the Machine. It's a sentient holographic digital Horatio. So I have a talking Horatio that helps me keep track of my shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What does does digital Horatio's voice sound like? Really (laughs) high-pitched! Oh, God. Perfect. That's what I I was hoping for that. Thank you. I can't stress enough how much I like digital hollow Horatio. (laughs) So not only does he help you manage your schedule, um, but he also, like, manages your space mail. Uh, He helps you post your selfies to Spacegram. And Spacebook. Um, Yep, and Spacebook. Yep. And twice per session... If uh, Penny is not ready for a situation, uh, you can roll a check or test, as they call it, at disadvantage 1d6. If you mm-hmm. succeed, Horatio will uh, tell you the information you know to be prepared. Awesome. So, yep. So I just, I, the way that this works out, by the way, is I'm wearing um, a watch. So okay. it's kind of like a um, space Fitbit. But um, <laughs> what happens is if I need help, I like boop boop on it and um, Horatio comes up and I can, you know, talk to Horatio. Does it like project a hologram above your wrist yeah, of like a her- yes. 3D Horatio? Yeah. Okay. But like it definitely looks like a swatch, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh, yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you could replicate it to look like anything. So it might as well be mm-hmm. a swatch. And yeah. I sure the fuck make Horatio wear his costume. So, like, when, like, space Halloween is coming up, he's, you know, dressed like a cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christmas, you know, I have him, like, wearing his little Santa hat and shit. Because that's a Vulcan thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely a Vulcan holiday. Right. I'm really trying to get back in touch with my Vulcan roots. So here's space Santa on my uh, wrist. What, yes. a, what a lot of people don't know is that Santa Claus is actually taken from an ancient Vulcan figure called Santav. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I have my little digital Horatio to keep me on track. Um, and in my, my yoga-ing and all of my meditating and stuff like that, um, I also... I have taken up parkour a little bit, so... Um, God! Yeah. Because, I mean, yoga is great, but Penny can't hang with just doing yoga and meditation, and so she's decided that it's going to be more helpful for her to know how to climb things, I guess. I guess. <laughs> the holodeck. <laughs> she's been using the holodeck to train in, like, 
it, it was called free running in ancient earth um parkour <laughs> so she can like run up walls but not like straight up you know like parkour. yeah parkour mm-hmm. some like backflips and then like yeah. Really easily slide underneath a thing. Oh, yeah. I can, like, somersault. If there is ever a room we need to break into that has lasers, I am on it. Like, yeah. I'll really... I'm acrobatic Not as sure fuck. why we'd use lasers in this day and age, but you never know. I said if. <laughs> if there were... You never know, is what I said. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just, like, tumbling and also, like, telling Horatio as you're tumbling to change mm-hmm. your calendar around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I tumble, I have him out with me, and he's like, Wee! so he's really enjoying it also. Um, whenever Penny is around Posa, and she brings out her Horatio, I'm, like, excited to see Horatio, but then I also just, like, put my hand over the watch slowly. Just be like, no. It's no, too much no. for you? It's a little too extra <laughs> yeah. for you? Yeah. you smush Horatio physically, like, does it just go through your hand, or do you Probably, push it Probably, I don't know. <laughs> well, because our hologram's light-based, right? So if you put your hand over it, in the holodeck, the holograms are coming from everywhere, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But with the watch, the hologram's only coming from the watch face. So I guess if you put your hand over it... It would just disrupt it? Just, like, slowly squish it down until it didn't exist anymore. <laughs> and nice. he screams when you do that, so... <laughs> just so you know what Shit. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Ashley, I want you to give us a taste of what that scream sounds like, but I want you to sit way far back from your microphone when you do it. <laughs> All right, hold on, let me... So when <laughs> when Posa puts her hand over the watch, he's like, What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Wow. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> yes. it. Yes. That was a Foley nightmare and I love it. <laughs> so Posa's gotten good at parkour. Penny. No, Penny. Penny. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> hey, it's me, Susie, your DM. It's been 25 episodes. I'll never know any of your names. <laughs> if I haven't got them now, it's too late. It's I'll never have them. Penny took acrobatic as one of her new traits. So yeah, you are now, we could just switch that to parkour, actually. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> Fuck it, right? Yeah. It just was, it's called acrobatic right now, and that's super boring. Yeah. Perfect. Changed it. Rad. And I'll put an exclamation point after it, because it's parkour. That makes sense, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Shaquille or Loxus, who wants to go next? Well, I have an idea. You have an idea? Yeah. All right. Lay it on us. Um... So, are is everybody in the med bay? Are they all, are they all doctors? Because you're a small ship, you probably just have, and also because Takav is a Romulan, you only have the one doctor, Doctor Cecilia McKenzie, right? Yeah. What's uh What's McKenzie's deal? What I mean, she's Scottish. <laughs> That's all. She's Scottish and a doctor. You know, <laughs> as far as we've developed her. So my thought was. That I could be, uh, you know, getting down and dirty with uh, the doctor, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Sh- I don't see why not. So see why not. Well, great. <laughs> me, and, me, and, me and Dr. McKenzie have been going at it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah? Die hard, you might say. <laughs> right? Oh, shit. We've, we've been working on edging quite a bit. Oh, my no. God. I'm really glad you went before me, and you'll see why in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> right. 
She's teaching me all this extra medical, you know, all this stuff she knows about bodies and how they work and like taking yourself to the brink and bringing yourself back and like really being able to extend. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've been working on I've been working on being able to uh, really push the edges of my physical limits and uh, um, making the most of it. Right. Which also understandably why I got the diehard trait. Right. Because yeah. I can I can I can take a pounding and I can come right back. <laughs> so for our listeners, Die Hard is Loxus's new trait where if she gets under in combat or, you know, she gets zapped by electricity or whatever, if that would normally reduce her to zero hit points, twice per mission, not session, mission, instead of being reduced to zero, she's reduced to one hit point. So she's still conscious and on her feet, very hurt, but, you know, still going. If I... F- fuck myself into a stupor <laughs> still hanging on still hanging on can get up go for round two hell yeah oh boy <laughs> and then you also you also took barfighter um which lets you take three actions per combat um when you fight with improvised weapons how did now how did you get that when you're fucking that much <laughs> you need to take breaks <laughs> right also, with all that edging and all that practicing, I got real irritable. Real <laughs> irritable. Oh, boy. Right? Because she'd be pushing my buttons, man. She'd be making me wait. Yeah. Ugh. So you were doing some shit on those hollow guys in the holodeck program that you usually use. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. I was taking it out. I was, I was grabbing shit I didn't even know I knew how to use, right? I still don't know how to use it. But... <laughs> Somehow, like, if I'm whipped up and I got to go there, right. I, 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 holy shit, I can go there. You're using a, you know, like you pick up a chair or yeah. like a crowbar, dildo, giant vibrator, <laughs> you know, who knows, right? <laughs> I was thinking of a, a magic wand, right? Yeah. I, I make a weapon out of that motherfucker. Hell yeah. <laughs> Basically a club that vibrates. Yeah. <laughs> it's a club that will beat and massage you. <laughs> Feels bad and good. <laughs> what have I been talking about? <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Cool. That's what Lox has been up to. Just edging and yep. fighting. Edging and fighting. <laughs> With the doctor. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that doctor's been, you know, teaching me some stuff. Me and that doctor got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of bonded after like the whole being out of sync with time and then like realizing that you now also know Takov's secret. You know, Cecilia McKenzie realizes she's got other people she can talk to. Yeah, we've all mm-hmm. gotten closer with Cecilia, but uh, locks more than others. Yeah. A lot closer. Yes. Yeah. You know, Penny's doing parkour in the holodeck. Poses trying to pretend that no- nothing's changed about her, although you don't notice that at all. I don't notice it at all. And Lox is just fucking. Yep. What's Shaquille up to these days? Well, as I sort of continue with my um, with my research, because mm-hmm. in this new universe, I've had more difficulty communicating with technology the same way that I did in the first universe. It just is not as easy to to see tech and to interact with tech as it always was before the incident. Every free second, pouring over 
the research that we got from what's his face? Uh, Rialto? Rialto. <laughs> from Rialto and just like cross-referencing it with databases and other studies and just really pouring into it because I want to find either a way to get home or a way to correct what happened to me. And as I'm kind of digging into it, I come across like a study with an implant a similar situation was corrected. So people were thrown out of time and had some gobbledygook chronotons, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Star Trek. <laughs> and so I find it, I find that there is a, there's a surgical implant that uh, Dr. Celia McKenzie can put in my, in my brain hole. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it will activate or stabilize this, the certain telepathic portion of my brain that that's having some problems. And so okay. I, I go to McKen McKenzie and we talk about it. She's really intrigued by the idea and we kind of go back and forth on what we could do to fix it. I mean, this is during one of her many breaks um, from <laughs> edging with locks, I guess. I, you know, I, she, she smells a little different, but like, you know, I don't know. She She's leaving me back there just. Yeah, looking. you're waiting and like, she's yeah. like all hyper focused yeah. because she's got this like control, you know. She works her best under these circumstances. Exactly, exactly. And so she's like really interested in thank you uh, <laughs> in doing this this project with me and so we figure it out and she decides to give it a shot um i don't know if starfleet gives a shit but we go for it and she puts an implant in my brain to stabilize my bullshit um and then i spend a couple days recovering and kind of just testing it out and um i'm sort of trying to she's she's suggested that i like maybe also inspired by locks, stretch my telepathic limits, you know, like see what I can fucking do now that this has changed because it's a, you know, it's a new implant. It, you know, may have some side effects and I should really like try to psi power as hard as I can psi power. And so I'm like fucking with it. And I find that I am able to, to do computers again, just like I always could. Um, you know, when I really push it, I break through and I'm able to, have the same interaction with technology as I did in the real world. And I'm fucking jazzed and kind of celebrating and, and really psionically projecting and like a ball of energy just flies out of my, I don't know, forehead, forehead mm -hmm. and like blasts a uh, part of my quarters, you know, and like knocks down a vase and like a weird chair. But what about the glass table? The glass, yeah. it, the weird chair hits the glass table is what oh. happens. And then it shatters, you know, and oh. I'm like, oh shit. And so I go to the dock and have her, you know, do some scans on me and, and we talk about it. And I guess the bullshit that she put in my head kind of enhanced my side powers to the point that I have this energy attack. Um, now, in addition to getting my regular functionality back, I have this additional power. Right. Yeah. You have this ionic attack that lets you do this. Exactly what you said. Throw this kinetic energy it's basically like a brain phaser for you. You roll with advantage. Um, you're proficient in it. Yeah, you can just, just lob brain balls. TM, <laughs> brain balls. You also realize something else about about how you... You chose Xenotech. So I guess, um, how did you discover that you have these Xenotech abilities on top of the brain ball? Well, maybe I'm like really thinking hard about stuff and like I'm in my quarters and like the adjacent quarters belong to, uh, you know, Nausicaan and he's got some <laughs> kind of like Nausicaan Game Boy. 
And I'm like, really like just thinking hard and like projecting psionically. And I do the brain ball. And then suddenly I'm like, oh shit, what's this Nausicaan Game Boy? And I turn it off. And he's like oh, playing he's and he gets so super mad. mad. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, so mad. And you can hear him like smashing glass tables in his quarters. And I like don't really know what I did, you know. Right. But later we talk about it because, you know, we're close to each other. We're neighbors. Yeah. So I was like, hey, what's all that noise? He's like, somebody turns off my Game Boy. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> and then I like psionically turn it back on. You just like, sometimes when you're bored, you just like fuck with them. You're like, yeah, I was like, turn on turn on and off his Nausicaan TV or like switch <laughs> channels or whatever. <laughs> you're like, you should save your game often. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so now uh, Shaquel can identify the primary function of any alien or xenotech that she finds, and she can activate slash deactivate complex xenotech without training. So this is because you can sort of telepathically interface with uh, a tech, and it sort of goes with your engineer. Engineer gives you the ability to handle tech that you know. And Xenotech gives you the ability to manipulate and understand tech you don't know. That's pretty snazzy. Yeah. My sci-tech abilities, Hecka enhanced. Thanks, Dr. McKenzie. Thanks, Lox. <laughs> You're welcome. So, you guys, it's the end of the week. You've all gotten a little bit better. You've kind of gone through all your little, you know, your little personal experiences. You meet back up. Takov's back on board. You're about to leave uh, dock. You know, you're about to go back out and get a mission. Or you got a mission. You're about to go, you know, some bullshit mission you always get. Go <laughs> scan a star or something, right? Yeah. But you're sitting at 13 forward as the ship is, you know, leaving dock. And you're all sitting together enjoying your ship drinks. Paint me a word picture. <laughs> this, no, this will be the final scene of the evening. Uh you're pulling away, and what's your what's your evening like? What do you say to each other? Well, I think I'm, like, just so excited. Um, and maybe, like, Lox is too, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we all are. You know, we all got our new shit. And I'm just very, very, very excited. And I'm sure I've told you, been telling you guys all about it as I'm, like, going, because I don't have the same hang-ups about it as Posa does. And that's probably why I didn't notice shit about Posa, because I'm just, like, way wrapped up in my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and another like bit of the psi powers that we've never like touched on is also like pyrokinesis. And so maybe I get us all like, um, flaming moes. Happiness is just a flaming away. Yeah. And I like use my <laughs> psi powers to like light them on fire for us to like, huh? Jesus. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. Cause you, then you like blow them out and you drink them. Shaq, you gotta warn us next time. Jesus. <laughs> Do you like wait for him to cool off? You blow them out and you drink them right then. You blow them, Penny. Oh, blow. Okay, you guys know how to blow. <laughs> sure do. Oh, Penny. <laughs> Show us how it's done. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that sounded like a duck burp. Like it was a quack and a burp. Like just rubbery as fuck. I did not. It did not come out the way I thought it was going to come out. I'll tell you what. Man, how many times I can say that. <laughs> You have been listening to Mamory Alpha. Your hosts would like to thank Smelly Tooth, who composed our theme song and some of the other music that you hear, as well as roll music. You can find us online at MamoryAlpha.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Mamory Alpha. You can tweet at us using the hashtag ThisPodcastIsTheTits, thanks to Didi, and support us by buying a t-shirt or becoming a patron. Patreon supporters will have access to exclusive audio, we promise more soon, and extras. And don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes. 